welcome to the Roots for... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Roots for Renewal podcast, episode three. I'm Abby. And I'm Phil. And if you've been with us on this journey exploring the roots of discipleship to Jesus, then we hope that you've been enjoying spending time connecting with God in the scriptures this last week. Mm. Today we're talking about solitude. And I suppose it's important to start by saying that at the time that we're filming this, recording this, many of us are in some level of lockdown uh, from coronavirus, so it's going to be an interesting topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So for some of us at this time, we're in a a place of genuine isolation. Mm. So some of you listening will be at home on your own. Maybe you're not working, you're not able to get out of the house very much, you're not able to see the people that you're normally Mm. used to seeing. And, And there is the real potential for that sense of proper lonely isolation yeah. from the rest of the world um, and maybe within that some real space for solitude and um, for some of us um, we'll be in a situation where we might be at home but we've got like kids running around the family and actually yeah. what we've moved from a chance of having lots of space for ourselves to actually we've got to be 100 mm. percent of the time aware of what's going on around us and working really hard to keep yeah. things going or maybe doing your job from home and trying to look after family or Yes, bless you if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Like, we'll be praying for you because uh, that's that's a tough deal. Yeah. And and there'll also be people out there who are um, key workers, yeah. of course, um, who are working harder than mm. ever in order to keep parts of our society running. Mm. So they'll, whether you're in a scenario where you find yourself with loads of spare time on your hands, or whether you actually have less time now than you've than you've ever had before, I think solitude is going to play a really important part of our lives in this next season Mm. and that's because solitude isn't the same as isolation and it isn't the same as loneliness yeah so isolation or loneliness is almost defined by the lack of something so it's something obviously negative we don't have it's a lack of social contact the lack of connection with other people the lack of a sense of belonging to a community all things that we don't want Mm -hmm. um things that lead to a sense of of emptiness in us and i think that's sometimes the reason why we have this fear maybe of the idea of solitude and solitude it can superficially look almost exactly the same as isolation or loneliness and that's why it's confusing Mm -hmm. but but it's an entirely different thing solitude is about a joyful and fulfilling connection with god so how are we defining solitude so for the purpose of this we're defining solitude as intentionally being alone with god in body mind and spirit Mm. So it's about removing ourselves from the presence of other people, um, both physically, but also, and I think critically, particularly at this time, digitally, mm. to spend some quality one-to-one time with him and being intentional about choosing to do that each day. Great. As with all the roots, we see evidence of them in the life of Jesus. And he teaches us more than anyone could about how to live as community. But he also models for us the importance of being alone with the Father. Yeah, and I think we see this really powerful in the, we talked about um, the Gospels Mm. last time and the first chapter of Mark, which is the second Gospel. So Jesus appears ready to be baptised by John, John the Baptist, and, and he's aged 30. And sometimes I don't think we, we recognise like how, how much Jesus has waited 30 years mm. before he's ready to begin his ministry. He's been away from the public eye. And, and there's this moment then when he's baptising, you're like, okay, finally, he's going to get started. <laughs> but then he goes into that period of time that we talked about last week, which yeah. is the, the 40 days in the desert being tested 
by Satan. And and so it's even more time wasted. He's got these 30 years plus 40 days. But that's not time wasted. Mm. That time in solitude, that time away from the crowds. It, it was in that time of solitude that Jesus was being shaped and formed and he grew to the point where he was ready to demonstrate the fruitfulness of the kingdom. And that's, remember, what we're looking for in all this ultimately is how do we grow as fruitful followers of Jesus? And and so the fruit for Jesus is building community. So he gathers then his 12 disciples and then he casts out demons. So he's setting people free spiritually. And then he's doing all sorts of healing. This is all in the first chapter of the book of Mark. He's doing all these amazing things. So you think, great, he's had his solitude, time away. And now he gets to do the rest of his life being fruitful. But that's actually not what we see because just then the very next day, and I'll read from um, the end of the first chapter of Mark, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he Mm. prayed. So we see there that it's something that's continual part of his ministry. Mm. Then it says, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Um... So Jesus, who loved community and modelled what it means for us to be part of community, knew the importance of having time alone with the Father that was central to everything that he did. But he also understood something about the pressure from society or from others when the disciples come and say, everyone's looking for you. You know, I wonder if any parents at home feel like that at the moment. How can I get solitude when the kids are like, I want a snack. Can I watch TV or whatever it might be? Yeah, Yeah, community's great, isn't it? It's one of the things that I'm missing the most at the moment. But it does come with that pressure to be available and connected to others, Mm -hmm. especially with, like our phones and things, doesn't it? And there's a real tension for us in this time between our need for connection and our need for solitude with God. Yeah. So obviously for us, there's, for all of us, there's huge limitations on who we can see at the moment. Even those who are busy working and Mm. and able to to leave the home for that, we're not able to just go and see who Mm. we want when we want to see them. But the thing is, you can be physically alone for months on end and never experience quality solitude there's a difference between being on our own and finding solitude with god and the danger is that we replace the normal contact that we would have with other people with either uh, and and the contact and the time with god that we simply replace all of that with digital content and digital contact with other people We're just more and more digital stuff going on And, and of course the internet is an amazing gift to us in this time i don't know how we would do isolation without it but it also shows us i think that we we're terrified actually of being alone Mm. and that the idea of solitude is intimidating to us Uh, bonhoeffer who i quoted last time (laughs) and i will quote again uh he said you know whoever cannot be alone should beware of community so if you're one of the people who is who is thinking i don't want to be on my own mm. then actually says well beware of community if you if you can't be alone he also says the opposite those who are who are terrified by the idea of community should be aware of being alone um but i think particularly for us now there's there's that danger of digital community that we should be aware to some extent of an overload of digital community and, and the reason for that is because our digital connections, our, our, our social media, our internet, it, it's broad in general, it's broad connections, but very, very shallow. 
Um, so we have this sense of it makes us feel like we're connecting because we can connect with people right across the world. You know, you can update a status, you can scroll through Instagram, you can look on TikTok as obviously you're <laughs> doing at the moment, or, or whatever it is that, that you like to do. But it's like it's like fast food compared to the good, full, healthy meal that we have of proper relationship with others and ultimately of, of relationship with God. And, and just like fast food, we can constantly feed but never feel satisfied. So what's our strategy? Our strategy is, is solitude. So through solitude, we're finding our value in something greater than shallow connectivity. We're seeking honest intimacy with God. And for some people, that might be quite a painful experience. Yeah, I think because we spend so much of our time trying to excel, trying to present ourselves to the world, trying to succeed in life, trying to show people through things like social media that we are Mm. successful, that we are beautiful, that we are capable, that we are funny, that we are competent. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But it's a way in which we're, again, under pressure to meet certain expectations Mm. of the world and also to meet expectations that we unhealthily often Put, put on ourselves as well to show our best side mm. to the world and to prove ourselves for our own sake. And Jesus was under that pressure, as we said, you know, everyone is looking for you. But he chose, he chose to be still, mm. to separate himself for a time, to have that solitude. And the solitude saves us from other people's expectations, from society's expectations, and it saves us from our own expectations it gives us that sense of peace in the midst of all the, the potential communication that could be taking place. And, and ultimately, it reminds us that the Father's embrace is enough. Mm. That with everything that's going on around the world and in our own personal situations, that to, to sit with the Father, to be still with him, is enough mm. to sustain us. That's what we need. We recognise that he's the one that, that gives us the life-giving water that we need to sustain our lives. And we see, don't we, through Jesus's example that he's given us the permission to do that. Um, you know, if it's mm. good enough for Jesus, then, you know, it should be the same for us as well. We don't always have to be available to everybody, do we? Um, Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so some of us have lots of time on our hands at the moment and some of us are absolutely rushed off our feet at the moment but how could we begin to practice solitude okay so broadly broadly speaking i think it's helpful to break the idea of solitude into sort of two different practices or disciplines really first of all there's there's the daily solitude um that might be more like the the structured solitude that we plan and then there's the the moments of solitude that we experience in the day and they might be the more spontaneous mm. bits so starting with the daily solitude, it's about having a, a planned time each day. I mean, for, for a lot of, if you've been around the church for a long time, been a Christian for a long time, this is like your devotional time is mm. one phrase that people might use. Mm. But it's creating, carving out a space in your diary, in the, in, the, in the rhythm of your day, where you're able to say, this is time where I'm not going to be with other people. I'm going to be alone. It's just going to be me and my Heavenly Father, and we're going to spend some quality time mm. together. Um. Just like Jesus, for many of us, the best time to do this is in the morning. 
Now, I, and Abby will tell you this, I am not a morning person. I don't enjoy mornings. Oh, really? But I, I try to do solitude in the morning because it's the first, it's the bit of the day that you have the most control over. Because you can, if you can get up before other people, then you can have your solitude before other people's demands. You know, you saw Jesus. I he am obvi- demanding. <laughs> Jesus obviously, no comment. Jesus obviously got up because he knew that other people would be chasing after him. Yeah. And he wanted to spend time with the mm-hmm. father first. So, so that would be so. The morning is good for 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 most of us, if possible. Um, and I would say for us, what we want to aim for, or or a good sort of me- measuring point, would be thirty minutes. Thirty minutes of solitude. Some of us might think that sounds like a lot, um, but but essentially that time of daily solitude is like the placeholder for our some of our other. Roots. Yeah, I was just going to say that that this this time can include some of the other bits of roots, some that we covered last week, scripture, but also other things that might come. Yeah, so silence. Yeah. We'll talk about next week, which is obviously deeply connected with solitude, mm-hmm. and also when then our prayer, our spoken prayer, yeah. that that can fit into that time yeah. of solitude. Um, and straight away, some people are going to be thinking, "How on earth do I do thirty yeah. minutes?" And 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 I've had a few people in conversation recently who said like. Do I have to stick to these like rules? And yeah. it's, of course, it's not no. this. You know, this is grace, and there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to do thirty minutes of. This is just a an idea for us, yeah. like a p- potential structure to use. And there'll be seasons of life where it's just impossible mm. to do this stuff. So we've got three little boys now. If if the idea of getting up thirty minutes before the rest of your household, it sounds like a good one. Now, if your your children get up at um, half past six. Then getting up at six, now some of you are going to be wincing at that, but getting up at six might be reasonable. If your children wake up at half past four, as our youngest did this morning, getting up at four o'clock is not going to be good for you in the long run. Yeah. Okay. So we have to be realistic about what we might be able to do. Yeah, and it might be that you use nap time or, you know, you've got, if you're working busy shifts that you do it before work or after work, it doesn't have to be. Yes, absolutely. So it shouldn't it shouldn't be a burden. Yeah. You should work out how it fits into the routine of life mm. for us. And some people evenings would be the ideal yeah. time to do it. Um, but I think having that thirty minutes as a, as the same time each day mm. is a really healthy default to have mm. in theory. Um, and I would say as well, if you're married, or if you have you know housemates, or you've, that that you can work together to find time for one another to yeah. do that to help to release each other from other responsibilities in order to find your time of solitude. Yeah. And then the so that's the daily, and then but there's other opportunities too, and perhaps this speaks to those who are really under pressure at the moment, and those who've got busy families to look after, and you think how would I fit half an hour in, or like you say you're doing shift work, or you're a key worker at the moment, um. And this is the spontaneous moments. So in normal times, what we say about this is, you know, it's when you're at the bus stop and you've got a few moments. <laughs> yeah. It's when you walk in through the park on your way to work and mm-hmm. there's a bench there and you've got two minutes where you can stop or whatever it is. Now, we're not out and about in the same way. But even around the house, where are those moments in the day where you can just stop and pause and, and fix your attention on Jesus? You know, because in normal circumstances, what do we do when we get a spare moment like if you've got two so you're sat at a restaurant and you're the person you're eating with goes to the loo what do you do 
instantly... You get out your phone. Yeah. Because otherwise you look awkward. Because we feel awkward <laughs> yeah. being on our own. Good discipline for anyone. Go to a restaurant on your own and don't use your phone. I've, do, I've done this before at lunchtime when I've been out and about. And, and, and just sit with the uncomfortableness of being in solitude. Yeah. But it's about choosing in those moments to say, I'm with you, God, in this. Mm. So perhaps it's your... You know, sorry to be crude. It might be when you pop to the loo, you just say, "This is I'm going to pray with that God. I'm going to spend crude. some time with Him." It might be, you know, your five minutes in the shower at the start of the day, or when you put the kettle on. It doesn't all have to be in the bathroom, does it? No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or if you're at work and you, it's the moment where you go and you know make a cup of tea. That yeah. you could be just your moment of solitude yeah. with Him. Fix your gaze on Jesus. Turn your heart to him. Have a sense of gratitude. Be thankful. Take a moment in the midst of the day to breathe in his spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and, and having so the structured solitude and then these spontaneous moments of solitude through the day are so life-giving. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So why don't we take a moment to think about how we might follow Jesus' example and embrace solitude in the week ahead. And we pray that as you spend time mm-hmm. one-to-one with God that he would renew you and refresh you. Amen. And next time we're going to be talking about solitude's best friend, silence. Not my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Great. See you then. Bye.